If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 82. Suns fan here with Cinderin. No update. Hey, that's me. No update. <clears throat> Unbelievable, Valve. We were expecting one, but no update yet. We'll get to that in just a moment. How are you on this loveliest of mornings? I'm good. I actually, I thought I would be more tired this morning, but I'm not. But I still look like I'm really tired. So it's weird. It's like the physical part of my body wants to be tired, but the mental one doesn't. Maybe it's because my body was ready or my brain was ready for the patch and it just wasn't there. <laughs> so Ice Frog is affecting... <laughs> Ice Frog is actually affecting you on a metaphysical level now, it seems. That would not surprise me. Dota has got been under my skin for many years and now we're reaching the point where it's taking over. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Okay, so let's uh, start with our usual patron shout-outs uh, for our beautiful In Bruges tier. Thank you to Suns fan. Please, please, please read the Sword of Truth series so I can get your opinion on it as it compares to Stormlight Archives. Okay, I'll put it on the list. Thank you, friend. Uh, Chakar, Boyko, Ustavko, Mutro, Fab, Daddy, the Megapope, Finished Rhythm of War Yet, TI New Zealand. No, I have not. Tins. Tins. Otherwise known as Tins, Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge, Omega Lull, Nate Thicko, Zero One, Hamscroats, brother to the great OG Jesticles, Hamscroats, Bacon, no, not that Bacon, the other Bacon, making myself known as a serial killer with a deranged mind called Cockface. Lick, Shark TM, freshly seasoned goat balls, and change will happen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And also a big thanks to the Ben Jackson Bit Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop, Polish title of In Bruges translates to First Shoot, Then Explore, Fane, Underscore Man. The Ben Alliance's new campaign is to lobby for an In Bruges Suns Fan Center and Commentary podcast episode, and we need your help. Good luck. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, Peter Niebling, and Ronnie Keel. Thank you guys very much. Thank you very much, friends. Uh, okay. Going to try to make this a little bit faster than last time. NBA segment real quick. So first and foremost, preseason has begun, Cinderin. The Suns are 0-2. They've been blown out in both their first two games. Doesn't matter, though. Okay? I'm just keeping it okay. cool. Preseason okay. doesn't matter. It's all good. Uh, I What's made preseason? It- well, usually it's like eight games or so that you play before the season actually starts so you can get in the rhythm, get everybody in shape, and test so, out. So it's literally just friendly matches? Yep, pretty much. Okay. Uh, so it, like the starters don't play like the whole fourth quarter, for example, and they just sit them for right. most of the time. So you can just get a look at the scrubs, essentially. But this time around, it's only four games. So uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so Eastern Conference predictions just in the nick of time until the season actually begins. 
Now, keep in mind, I don't know as much about the Eastern Conference as I do the Western because the Suns are in the Western Conference and we play the Western Conference teams more often. But regardless... I'm going to rate their names. Yes, we're going to start from the bottom to the top. So I have very last the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nice name. I like that one. Really? Okay. Yeah. We have the New York Knicks. What the fuck? Terrible hero right now. Oh, that's good sometimes. (laughs) Chicago Bulls. This might be a little low for them, but... They're very iconic. I think that's an okay name. Detroit Pistons. What's a piston? Did they misspell pistol? It's in a car. So Detroit is like the the a component car of a reciprocating engine. Yeah. Oh, it's that bit. Still. Why not. would you name your team that? Well, Detroit is the the manufacturing capital of the U.S. for cars. Essentially, that's what they're known for. Right. Oh, automobile. and this com- this component like is it, it's it's like supposed to be like a metaphor for they're really fast or something. I get, I mean their their mascot I believe or their logo. I'm trying to think of what it. It used to definitely be a horse. I don't know if it still is. It's like horsepower, I assume. But yeah, it's, right. I haven't seen anything really to actual cars, but you know. So kind of kind of like the logos of like it's the same logic with what is it uh Porsche and uh Ferrari, right? They also have horses as their logos. Oh. See, I didn't yeah. even know that. I don't follow any of that stuff. So. Both of them. Anyway, you, you next. follow the NBA but you've never seen a car in real life. Gotcha. I've never okay. seen a car. Yeah. So again, these teams that I'm listing do not make the playoffs. The Orlando Magic. You okay with that name? Sounds like yeah, you're I neutral about it. Like that. Okay. All right, we have the Charlotte Hornets. Keep in mind, this used to be... Let me take... Okay, just a quick rundown. The Charlotte Hornets became Mm -hmm. the New Orleans Hornets, who then became the New Orleans Pelicans, which they are now, okay? So the Charlotte Hornets that were original became, like I said, the New Orleans Pelicans. But then a new expansion team came out called the Charlotte Bobcats. So back in Charlotte we go. It was named after their owner, which his name name was Bob. He named the team after himself. Then Michael Jordan bought the team, and it became the Charlotte Hornets again. A literal Why didn't different he call team it entirely. The Charlotte Michael Cats. Then he could have. He could he have had every opportunity. All right, and to then the last continue team, a great tradition. The last team that I have not making the playoffs, although I think they have a promising future, are the Shannon, Atlanta you need Hawks. To rate the name. Okay, Charlotte Hornets. It's okay. Go on. Atlanta Hawks. Hawks is decent. I like that more than like Hornets. You know what's a really bad name is Black Hawks. That's yes. a hockey team. Okay. Oh, really? So number eight. So number eight seed in the Eastern Conference, I have the Washington Wizards. They have a very interesting team now with Russell Westbrook, Beal, and all of them. On a farm. That's right. They used to be the Washington Bullets, but then they had to change it because of all the gun violence in America. Literally, this happened. Late yeah, 90s. And then they were like, okay, but Harry Potter is hot right now, so let's <laughs> call ourselves the Washington Wizards. It, I think, was actually before if I'm not mistaken. That was before Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter obviously was inspired by the Washington Wizards. Uh, And actually, Washington Wizards was the team that Michael Jordan played for after the Bulls, if you didn't know that. Oh, of course I knew that, Shannon. I know everything about basketball. Please. Uh, Speaking of Bullets and Wizards, did you know there's an edit? There's a fan-made edit, I believe it is, of Harry Potter where all of the wizarding scenes is with guns instead. You could check. Yeah, I've out. no, I've seen that. Good. It's it's hilarious. I could not stop laughing. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. 
Uh, number seven, I have the Indiana Pacers. What's a Pacer? I don't remember actually. I used to know this. I don't remember. Google this. Pacer. And I will. I will continue. Number six, as they've lost a few players now, sadly for them, the Toronto Raptors. I still really like them as a team. The I East like is Raptors, getting a lot better now. Yeah, Raptors is an incredible name. It's a pacemaker. That's no. That's not it. Oh, or a horse bred or trained to pace, used in some types of racing. Okay. So okay, it's a horse. Again. Uh, yeah, okay. good. Uh, number five seed is the team that actually got to... This is a bit of a hot take. The team that got to the finals, the Miami Heat, I have is five. That one I'm going to get killed for a little bit. I do like Ooh. their team a lot, though. What What does this name mean? Is it just... They're on fire. They're heating up. It's a okay. common thing. Yeah, it's uh, unique. It's kind of cool. Number four is the Philadelphia 76ers. They finally got rid of Al Horford. They ha actually have some shooting now. They have a better coach, I assume, a better GM. So things will probably go a little bit better for them. The 76ers, what? do you know what that is? Uh, No. So 1776, the... Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. And what's the July fourth, seventeen seventy six? What about well, San Philadelphia? Is where Brent, Ben Franklin was from, and they have like this Liberty Bell located there. So it's a lot of American history, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Eh. What What about the San Francisco Forty ers Why are they called Forty Nine? Uh, it's like the Forty Nine Gold Rush in California, something like that. Okay. Number three is the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets. It's a bad name. I agree. But they're going to so have like a really good We play good basketball. What options do we have? Are we going to be called Balls or Nets? <laughs> I guess Balls <laughs> wouldn't fly very well. So we'll yeah. take Nets. Brooklyn Balls. That sounds... Uninspired. Yeah, Dude, I think that. Brooklyn Balls would be better. <laughs> Number two, even though they've been first every single year the last few years, the regular season monsters and Milwaukee Bucks, they got better, I think with the addition of Drew Holiday, but I think they're going to take it a little less seriously in the regular season ramp up for the playoffs. And then number one, oh, you can rate that real quick, the Bucks. It's Milwaukee, so the Woods. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Number one, I have the Boston Celtics, Sindarin. Why, why are they Celtics in Boston? I actually don't know the history of this at all. But like their Does mascot is like a leprechaun. Or... Like the Celtic origin. I, I couldn't tell you. I could not care less. So that is my Eastern Conference predictions. We'll see what comes true and what doesn't. Weird name then. Well, okay. I'm sure so there's first, a good reason. First thing on the agenda, this happened today for me. Oh, technically yeah. yesterday now. Dota 2 came out with a tweet that says, Thursday is a bright day to enjoy a good cup of coffee sometime with the family and release the Mistwood update. Mistwood. So let's talk about this a bit. So two things. First, let's talk about what we're going to do. So as of yeah. right now, we've decided that this episode obviously will not be about the patch as much as we want it to be because we have a lot of shit to talk about as well. So this is why I didn't want to delay it or even combine it with the episode that we're going to do, a special episode on Thursday or Friday, depending on the time zones uh, of the update itself, Cinderin. So looking forward to yes. that. And hopefully Cinderin can actually sit through the whole thing instead of having slacks take over halfway through. That would be appreciated. Yes. All right. Would you like to talk about this potential, what Mistwood means? Because I was looking at some of the the past updates, 
And mm-hmm. generally speaking, if it's a really big update, which this will be, this is not just a hero coming out. This is a balance patch and all that. They have not called the update. They have not called it, or they have not named it after the hero. Right. If it's just the hero coming out, they've called it like the Mars update or whatever. But for yes. like when it was Snapfire and Void Spirit, it was the Outlanders update. So I don't think this is the hero name. But having said that, Sinner, and this I'm going to take credit for this. Somebody in my chat reminded me of something. Well, it has to Mist. be the hero Mist. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying the hero's not coming out with this update. I'm saying it's not named after them. It's the Spectre Arcana, probably. Eh, you think they've had time to make that? I don't think so. Nah, I don't know. Okay, what do you think, then? So, the Red Mist. Oh. Who is part of the Red Mist? Sorlacan. Is an artifact Sorlacan. If this is true, and it's a her, they said her. If this is Does true... have a crossbow? N- hmm. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the Valkyrie hero. That could be the later one, right? They, there's two heroes we're talking about. So... Hmm. I would be so excited if it's sort of I don't know how they would even implement her based on her artifact skills, but either way, it's just essentially from a lore perspective, it's the leader of the Red Mist that took over after Axe, and I believe they hate each other. That's the extent of my knowledge. So, what are your? How could theories? you hate Axe though when you see him dancing? <laughs> she doesn't appreciate it. Just a side note. There's probably some sexual history there. I I, no, I can't yeah. remember if that's fake or if Slacks confirmed that. Or just wished for it. Either well, way. X got what you want, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, let's see. There's a lot of speculation, of course. I think both theories are are valid. Um, I'm a little bit uncertain about Sorla Khan just because the hints that we've got so far with the crossbow and everything kind of points in that direction and with the Freya and everything. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe there's two heroes. Maybe Valve were like, haha, we said there was going to be one hero, but we actually made another one because. Uh, because reasons. I don't know. I think there's going to be one new hero, and that it's either Sorla or Freya or Valkyrie or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And then I think there's going to be a big balance patch. Uh, I think there's going to be, like, not just not just rebalancing of heroes and the map, etc. I think we're going to have, like, some sort of major overhaul with either a new concept introduced or a concept removed, like when we lost out... Um, what were they called? The Shrines. Something like that. Like maybe if we just change things up drastically, uh, I think it's going to be something that big. Side shops are back. Is what you're saying? TI... Could be. This is the post TI patch, so um, I don't. I don't think side shops are coming back as long as we have individual couriers, though. Yeah, I agree. So if they want to keep that, which I think they do, because they're very popular and people are very happy with those, then I don't think we ever get the side shop again. That's my guess. Um, I but agree. We'll Do you think it's is there exciting. anything specific that is kind of like big time that you're hoping for, or is it just wait and see? Approach? I really, really want Pudge to be good again. Oh, and half the comments are gonna fucking hate me for that because they're like, "There's a Pudge in all of my games. The hero is boring. Everyone plays it." It's like, yeah, you know why they play it? Because it's fun. You know why people don't play it at very high MMR? Because <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the problem. But it's a really fun hero. Uh, so I yeah, hope I he agree. gets good again. Um, I mean, it yeah. can be annoying anyway, having a bad pudge, but having a techies is just so much worse in every single way, I think, like on a consistent level. Even if you're winning, it feels bad. Not so for pudge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, tech. I mean, top of my list would be a flat out complete techies rework or removal. 
Uh, and then, mm. like, that's just for heroes. I, I would love to play more Pudge again in the current state. But Are you expecting uh, the new hero to be any specific attribute? Because I think we can rule out strength, personally. I think we've had a lot of strength I think it's agility lately. time, isn't it? I think so. I was going to yeah. We've had an int and strength, but not much agility lately. Yeah. So, pro like, being agility doesn't mean you're a carry, necessarily, but most times it does, right? Yeah, what support edges do we have? We don't have any supports, do we? Well, Venge, Venge. kind of. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a few more that we're not thinking Slark of. Slark in 2K. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Next, next talking about. It. We'll we'll see that episode. It's gonna be uh, gonna be oh, super wait. interesting. Um, when exactly Can't wait. comes out. This All right. Needs next a thing fresh air, so very is welcome. The Epic League has concluded. Division 1 is what we'll talk about because we cast a bunch of those. By the way, for those that didn't watch it, first of all, thank you, everybody that gave us uh, the support and all that good stuff. As usual, we, we appreciate it. Cinderin hates it, but you know I appreciate okay. it at least. Um, every series we cast except one was either 2-0 or 3-0. That is incredible. Yep. Like every what single one but one. we had? It Nigma was... Liquid? I believe no. so. Nah, what was it actually? So that's the other thing is almost every like almost every game, even the two one were stomps for the most part. Like none of them were even close, yeah. which was unfortunate. We cast a lot of Viking, and like the last two days, it just felt like either they were not playing particularly well, or VP and OG were just so much better, like on a different yeah. level completely. But to wrap it up, uh, Viking, after getting off to a really good start in the group stage with VP, ended up losing 2-0 to them in the upper bracket final. So they dropped to the lower bracket where OG kind of swept, well, not swept, but cleaned house from the lower bracket round one all the way to the lower bracket finals with a 3 0 Viking, which we cast, and then played against VP. So VP OG went to all five games. And I got to watch game five. It was really exciting. Uh, cast by Trent and Lyrical. That was like the one truly good series, I feel like, uh, that, we, that <laughs> I saw. That's the one we don't get. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of sad. But, you know, to each... I mean, again, it's just the luck of the draw, right? Yeah, of course. But what did you think of this this tournament overall? Um, I think it was really well run. Uh, I liked... Uh, maybe it was a little bit too long in some ways. Uh, I think some people would argue that, but at the same time, it came during a dry, the very dry period in Dota. So I think it was welcomed by a lot of people that there were this many games. If we had more tournaments running at the same time, would have liked a shorter format probably. It was so many games. How long did this league run for? A month, five a weeks. A long time. Whatever uh, it is. There were so many games. Um, but their division system with division two, division one relegation, uh, I think it was very well done. Um, mm. I think the the teams that they had were very good. Obviously, it was basically all the best teams in in the West playing. Um, and yeah, it it was it was definitely definitely a good tournament. Um, something we love to talk about here. I just want to give a quick side note on that is the prize distribution because we have very strong opinions on that. Uh, not too fond of how they split the top three. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is unusual in Dota by now. They had first place be twice of second, be twice of third. 
So it was 200,000 for first, 100,000 for second, and 50,000 for third. And then 40,000 for fourth, 30,000 for fifth, sixth, and 25,000 for seventh, eighth. So effectively, the difference between eighth and third is half as big as the difference between third and second. Right. Um, I feel like this is too steep once again. Uh, I'll keep well, talking about is, that until people on, get pissed. This um, is on the other spectrum, though. Usually it's the other way around, right? It's usually just top heavy, and then the rest are kind of similar. Right. But well, not the similar, top, but like, scaling the properly. Top, the top is too, how to say? Like, okay, so let me explain. I think it's good that the lower placements get paid this much. Because they still, you know, they stayed in Division One, they avoided relegation, or they got promoted in the case of Yellow Submarine, so that's fine. Um, but I think I don't think the finals should be worth this much. Just like it, I have the same opinion at TI. At TI, it's extreme. That's a totally like a different beast. But right. uh, if you look at like other. I want to say other esports or other like sports with prize distribution, I don't think. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I don't think the finals is generally a double up. Um, but maybe it is um, in, in other games. I'm not sure. I feel like that's a bit too intense. So if you, if you were to ask me, I would have been very happy with something like finals, second place, 100,000, first place, 150. And then you take those 50K, you give a bit more to third so that the difference between fourth and third is bigger than this. It shouldn't be a 10K jump going from out, outside to the podium, right? I feel like yeah. that should be a bit more meaningful that you get third. Like it's a medal, right? Mm -hmm. And then the remainder of the 50K can either you can give a, yeah, you could probably give a bit more just like, maybe you don't even need to take 50K away from first. Maybe you just take like third I mean, away. I, and then you I give, don't disagree, but you know, I you get feel like, I mean, we can min, we can argue about details on the prize pool for a lot of these tournaments. And this is not the worst that I've seen. No, no, no. Uh, of course not. Definitely but, not. So anyway, to wrap it up, uh, I don't even know if I mentioned who won. <laughs> VP played OG in the finals, and they won 3-2. And this is really, really cool for a, B a VP squad that a lot of, like, how do, how do we say this? Not the most household names, I would say, within the Dota 2 scene. Like, obviously, if you watch competitive Dota, you've heard of them, but it's not like the typical tier ones that we see year after year after year kind of swapping amongst each other in terms of rotation of rosters. So Ilias, Save, DM, GPK, and Epileptic Kid win, I believe, their first... This is not technically a DPC, but this is, a I would consider, this a major tournament. Uh, and they do so in really convincing fashion. Obviously, the finals was five games, but... I mean, they They've look been really good. They look really super good. good all tournament. They've been really, really good. Uh, I feel like they're the team to watch in Europe right now, actually. But we're going to get a patch, so who knows? Like, literally anything can happen after that patch. I think everything's going to change. Um, I did, just to check what I was saying about prizes, I just checked CSGO. And in some of their tournaments, the finals is a triple up. So <laughs> that's even worse. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be an unpopular opinion that I have in that regard because, like... You also want the champions to really you want it to really mean something, right? So it's it's not my point that I don't want champions to get rewarded and for that to clearly be the biggest placement. So maybe a fifty percent up is also too small from like a hundred to hundred fifty, but you could be a hundred to hundred seventy-five 
And then you could put Tony Pickett. I'm going to talk to you about Captain's Draft 4.0, which was an official DPC tournament center that we ran. Yeah. First place, 108,000. Second Mm -hmm. place, 69,000. Third to fourth, 37,500. And fifth to eighth, 12,000. Right. Do you like that? I think I like that more overall. Uh, I'm pretty I sure if, uh, I asked like, you about this before yeah. we. <laughs> yeah. Before so, we no, but I'm, th- I'm thinking about. I'm trying to remember the tournament format. So fifth to eighth was the exact same. It was literally the same placement in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. In that case, it was yeah, single Olympic playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So I think in the in that tournament, what was the finals worth? Like sixty percent. That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just my opinion. I think the the finals like. There needs to be a big incentive to win, and it needs to be rewarded a lot. But I don't think the players are like you, you know. You get what I mean, right? A, the huge part of winning the tournament is also winning, right? It's being the champion, not just the money. So yeah. So um, I'm trying to remember all the details because we had to sign some contracts and make sure that it the tournament abided by the DPC rules. So obviously it was 300k. We couldn't change that. Right. Uh, I believe the amount that you gave, I again, I could be wrong on this detail, but I remember it where we had some leeway on how we wanted to do it because the tournament format obviously is not going to be the same from one DPC mm-hmm. event to another. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. Okay. Next, Cinderin okay. Arkosh, oh. Slax's satanic team. There's some drama. So this is what happened. So Arkosh was selected as one of the teams for the BTS Pro Series um, ahead of Lukey Lukey's team, which I don't even know the name of, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, as well no as... No Pangolier, right? No Pangolier. And I believe... Is it Infamous that got second last, time, last season? And they weren't even invited, apparently. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, Arkosh was invited. So Luki Luki sent out a little tweet to Arkosh Gaming saying, Hey, Arkosh Gaming, your team has no competitive experience and will get crushed in BTS Pro Series. Why don't you put your spot on the line for our Arkosh Cup game next Tuesday? If you win, my entire team will play 10 games of techies each in our ranked games next week. Thoughts? So Slacks accepted this challenge, and they ended up playing... Literally, they ended the game 20 minutes. This is from Slacks. Slacks told me the details. 20 minutes before their BTS Pro Series match, okay, was supposed to start. And obviously, what happened, Luki Luki's, I shouldn't say obviously, you never know with these kind of things, but Luki Luki's team won. Slacks, you know, in the joking manner, made it look like they won with like this pre made video or whatever. And there was a lot of drama about, you know, was this a legitimate bet, et cetera, et cetera, because it seemed that Luki Luki. And his team legitimately thought that they would end up going to the BTS Pro Series, but uh, was sadly mistaken. So then there was a lot of hate towards Arkosh Gaming and Slacks in particular. Slacks, by the way, kept up his character on Reddit. So this is the interesting thing about Slacks. He is like this people pleaser guy, right? He's always going to try to defuse Mm. situations, avoid conflict, all that stuff. He's just a nice guy in general. This character, though, he is literally, if you guys have never, I, I don't watch this, but I know of it, of course, WWE, okay? That's literally what's going on right now. He's just trash-talking everybody, and it's, I think it's something that's really good. For, I'm biased, but I think it's really good for the scene, stuff like this. Now, mm-hmm. the question of whether this was a legitimate bet or not. Number one, 
It's not up to Slacks or his team or anybody else in the tournament who plays in the tournament. It's up to BTS. So yeah. they're the ones that invite people. So from Slacks' perspective, he thought this was just like a for fun joke kind of thing because obviously nothing's going to change. So they just play it anyway just as a, a thing. Mm-hmm. So because Lukey Lukey felt bad, uh, I shouldn't say it that way, because Lukey Lukey and his team thought it was real and Slacks ended up feeling bad and he got some hate towards him, he ended up <laughs> apparently paying whatever the prize pool, I forget what place it would be. Like, I think he's like, do you guys think you would get like fifth place or whatever it was? Uh, that they agreed on. Lukey Lukey's like, yeah, I think we would probably get around here. Slacks literally just paid that out of his own pocket. <laughs> so that is the Arkosh drama in a nutshell, okay. which I personally found hilarious. So I just, I have a, a quick comment on this. So the original wording of Lukey Lukey's tweet sounds like he's trying to meet Arkosh on the WWE level. Right. Which I would interpret in that spot as, you know, He's brewing up something for hype and for excitement. Um, but if you want to do something like this, you confirm it with the organizer. Like, think of it this way. If this show match is taking place, or whatever you want to call it, it's taking place on the same day the other tournament is starting. BTS is preparing this tournament. They're preparing it with assets. They're preparing it maybe with some content or with some scheduling or whatever that doesn't necessarily fit every player and every team. You can't just fucking change that on the day the tournament starts. Like, <laughs> if you want to do something like this as an event, you coordinate it with the organizers. As in, and if they're down, it's hype, it's fun, right? Then you mm. do that for that. But if I read this tweet, um, the other thing as well is who in their right mind would, in all seriousness, take this bet? Like, <laughs> you literally have nothing to win as Arkosh. You can only lose. Like, if you win the series, these other players play fucking techies and you could get queued with them, which is terrible. Or you lose your spot in the tournament, which is also really bad. So, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit surprised if No Pangolier felt like this was a fair bet and that they thought the other team was taking it fully seriously. Because these are, like, the worst odds I've ever heard. It's like... Their honor was on the line, though. So hey, Shannon, want to have a competition? Who can eat a hot dog the fastest? If I win, you give me $10,000. If you win, you have to eat a tomato. What do you think? That sounds like it's definitely worth it. Hmm. Yeah, for you. we'll do that. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, which probably also makes a lot of sense because in Slacks' mind, he reads this tweet and he probably doesn't take it seriously. Like, <laughs> of course. like this is great. This is Arkosh for fun shit we're doing, you know? And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, they were actually... Oh, okay. I mean, on some level, I can I can understand. It does feel like it's a verbal agreement almost on some level. Yeah. But you never know if, like who's joking and who's not. It's like a lot of it can be read between the lines in terms of sometimes you can't tell if somebody's kidding or not. Right. Right. So I'm sure they went and... in thinking like maybe they'll hold up their end of the bargain. Maybe not. But obviously we're disappointed. And then you finally need to consider what implications does this have on the series? Are no Pangolier trying the hardest they possibly can to win because they have a lot to win, whereas Arkosh are you know treating it a bit more. I'm not saying they're not playing to win, but maybe you know putting on a little bit more of a show with their personas and everything that they've done in their previous sacrificial cups instead of focusing 100 percent on playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then there's also a disconnect there. Like if if it's not even decided or clear what you're playing for, games get really weird and awkward. So. Yeah, just my two cents. I think this drama is way like 
it became way too big and i understand that people want to be heroes and you know stop people from making fake claims and whatnot but if anything in my opinion this should have never even been a possibility well okay there's, there's like a bts things. could have also tweeted something you know like they were they definitely saw that this was happening so they could have said this is not but then it would have been called buzz kills probably then people would be like wow you guys are so lame just let them play for the spot you know yeah so maybe it was the right there's play. no play on that i, don't I mean what you do. i don't so know if you can win sbts there's there. one side of the story where you can argue bts didn't invite the right team like obviously there's going to be arguments on both sides and that's a whole separate mm-hmm. discussion in my opinion but and I actually like the idea of holding not only tournament organizers, but teams and literally everybody in the community accountable, right? For it's sure. Just, I think that's why people really want to do this. It's just that Arkosh, you, you can't take it seriously. <laughs> they're, they're the last ones. They're the, literal, they're the literal anomaly of what I just said to holding people accountable because they're obviously doing like the WWE shit. They're just having fun. They're making a spectacle of everything. And that is something the scene, in my opinion, sorely needs. This is why I was talking to, like, obviously I know more details from before this began with Slack's telling me stuff here and there, but, like, it's such a good idea. It's actually such a good idea. Even if they're mm-hmm. awful, even if they literally never win a game ever, it's still a good idea because it's fun to have something like this in the scene. Especially they beat four in Zoomers NA. just now, didn't they? I think. They went 1-1, I believe. Oh, they drew. Okay, Best so they beat them in the game. Two-game okay. series, yeah. So that's the Arkosh drama. We can do this like every week, probably. Uh, have a Arkosh <laughs> drama segment. Yeah, why not? Uh, we can pretend to take it serious sometimes and sometimes not. Okay, next thing on the list, Just Error. So few topics on this. This is the team with Sumail and um, Ramses. Ramses, no one solo, and Zayas. No one solo, yeah, okay. So they were in the Omega... Wait, was it the... No, it was Ep- Epic League tournament. And they didn't do too hot, but obviously they're a very star-studded lineup. They were looking for an org. Then there was a thread that came out saying that they were looking for a salary of seventy-five to one hundred thousand per month for the squad. That's what they were trying to. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's fine to you know aspire to those type of things, but I mean, with a lineup that hasn't proven anything, it does seem very, very steep, especially mm-hmm. in Corona times and whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> but. A week later, after not even a week, a few days after Epic League, the lot tweeted that Just Error has disbanded after playing just one tournament, which I'm honestly a little surprised by, if I'm being honest. Like that I think they could have made like a change or two, but maybe they just feel like it's not gonna work at all. Yeah. So So Ramsey's came out with a tweet which uh you can read this one since I've been talking so much. So yeah. <clears throat> so I believe the original tweet was in Russian and it's been translated, uh, but I, I would assume so. So it says here, as I've already said in many interviews, the first idea to play with Sumail appeared last year after the international, but then I already agreed with EG and we did not work out. I'm not sure what this translation is. Ah, okay. Uh, I mean, it sucks that they didn't work out. I think they could have had a great time in the gym. Uh, a couple of months ago, after the Omega League, we decided to try again and invited Vova, that is no one, to try offline. He took a couple of weeks to think it over, agreed, and we decided to take hair for support. Zayas's nickname apparently means a hare, like the two-eared rabbit creature in mm-hmm. Russian. 
Initially, we did not plan to play the Epic League, but in the end, we made the decision to play, and perhaps this can be called a wrong decision. The old patch in which everyone already knows how to play, the language barrier, time zones, ping, lack of proper preparation, all of this played a role in our unsuccessful performance. My form now also leaves much to be desired. At the end of November, we received an excellent offer from a large European team that had never had a Dota roster before. They offered cool conditions, and we had... We all had a great opportunity to sit down on the salary. Interesting. A new European org. so Or not a Euro- new European org, but a team that's never had Dota before. Could, specula- could speculate who that could have been. Could have been maybe Astralis. Could have been G2. Um, Has yeah, G2 so. not had a Dota team? No. Don't they have never. one? Like a really... No. Wait, no. What's... Okay, continue. I don't think G2 has ever had a Dota team. I've said more than once, I think the same can be said about the other guys, that my main goal in my career is to perform well at the international. We understood that with such a roster, we could greatly improve our game at boot camps during the season, but the fundamental difficulties were already clear at the end of the Epic League. We did not want to let our new organization down, fetter ourselves. What does that mean? Is that? I've never heard of that before. No. Fetter ourselves with contracts and unnecessary obligations in a situation where we were not 100% confident in ourselves and our teammates. We can say that the story of just error is over for now. Many thanks to the guys, Dimash Shishkov, for the help with the CW. That's what the Russians call scrims, clan wars. Uh, Roman Dvoryankin, I think that's the ex-something of VP, uh, for helping us with the administrative issues and finding a cool organization. Uh, a cool organization, the guys who helped with the public and design, our analysts, and all of the fans. So, yeah. I still think that parts of this team will play together again, though. I don't think they're all five going to go separate teams. I don't think the pool of incredible players and the options that they have in CIS is big enough. Um, but who I mean, knows? We can speculate. I, I would be surprised if no one doesn't end up back in mid and Sumail just gets... Yeah, I think Sumail so. is bouncing around a lot. Sumail back with PPD. It's Maybe that's the, the recipe want. for success, you know? Put that <laughs> hatred behind you. You had a recipe that worked before, but I don't know. I'm actually kind of worried for Sumail because he is legitimately just like he was once considered. I mean, he's still really good, obviously, but Mm -hmm. a prodigy to the scene, you know, in talks for perhaps the best player of all time at some point in his career, early on even. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like, and again, I don't know any of the details surrounding this team or any team he's been on. But if the problem is actually him, like in terms of getting along with people or whatever the case may be, that's that's really sad for Dota in general. But I'm hoping he bounces back to a team. I would love for him to end up with the award. I know they tried that, but the brother squad, right. man, someday we'll get it again. I think Samail's stock is still really high. Like I don't think he's going to struggle to find a good team. The question is which one it's going to be. Um, and then, you know... Um, the reason we're questioning maybe like just how good he is is not because there's been proof that he has fallen off massively. I think it's because there hasn't been proof that he's still at the same level, right? That's what people are looking for. They want to see those vintage Samail games where he just hmm. takes over the game from mid. And you aren't going to see that on a dysfunctional team. And it's the only team he's played in for months, right? So it's just like in recent memory, you have nothing to go on that this guy still got it, but... I don't see any reason to think why he why he wouldn't still be yeah, it does, incredible it, if he puts in the effort. It doesn't feel like it's the same as Dendi, right? 
Like Dendi, I think. Yeah, has... I mean, it's, the timeline's way longer there too. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect comparison, but I, I don't, I agree that it's not, it's not like he's washed up or anything like that for Sumail. I think it's still just as yeah. good. Just needs to find the right opportunity. I mean, there's like, I'm not saying this is going to happen or anything, but Viking, I know Boom is really good, so I don't know if that's the perfect mm-hmm. place to, but they probably might be looking for a potential shakeup if they can't get over the hump into like competing with these tier one teams. Obviously, this patch is going to change everything, so mm-hmm. probably best to hold off on any roster changes, I think. Unless you feel like Sumail yeah. will just be an upgrade overall. I mean, as as always, the community wants Weeha to be killed. Um, so they're like, Kuro, this is your chance. Go get Sumail now. Man, uh, we should have we should have Weeha like on as a guest. Yeah. I would I, mean, I would <laughs> love that. Cuz I talk I about know. this all the time where cuz I got to I got to know him pretty well, but like he is really good at absorbing the hate. Like he mm. in some respect wants people to hate him just to deflect from the rest of his team, right? And we don't know the ins and outs like for their specific team in terms of like whose mistake it actually is because sometimes if he does something that looks stupid to us, yeah. Could be literally orchestrated by Kuroki for all we know, right? He could be doing it on purpose to create space for somebody else, whatever the case may be. That would be a really good guest because that is he's one of the more interesting players in Dota, I think, because of the perception that people have on him. Isn't it also just one of the most satisfying things to prove haters wrong? Like, isn't that like it's yeah, so sure. satisfying. If people are like, ah, you haven't got it, man. You're just not good enough. And then you're Seb and you win two TIs and you're like, fuck everyone, <laughs> you know? Like that's and if you're like, ah, we, you know, but like you don't get two second places at TI by chance, you know. He pulled a lot of weight. He did a really fucking good job at two TIs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe he's not at his A game right now. I think he would say the same thing that maybe he isn't playing his best, but I think at some point as teammates as well, you gotta have faith that a player like that, when it's crunch time, can really do his job and i think in this tournament as well that we had the epic league i think we had some really good games um he also had some bad games absolutely there's no need to sugarcoat it his storm game was atrocious um but like there were other games like where he would play pugna and just dominate in his classic fashion so i think you just you kind of know what you're going to get with a player like that it's very i guess you could say high highs low lows sometimes um but i think he's really good yeah, I guess we should say, you know, when we say the community, a lot of the times it is what word of mouth is on Reddit or what like opinion is. And a lot of the times, you know, it's it can be a loud minority or it can be yeah. just what. Even if you just have like two or three bad games, people will already start. Complaining because they're like diehard fans of their team, right? Or or they bet on the game and their team lost and they feel like they need someone to scapegoat. Right. But. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as yeah. the pro scene he, goes, I don't think people think we is bad. So that's no, of course not. It's just a community. But thing. he is a scapegoat by nature, and I think he revels in yeah. it. He has to, or else he wouldn't be able to survive. Because <laughs> even on like DC, <laughs> even within the team, sometimes he would be the one to deflect. Like if Misery mm-hmm. was really mad <laughs> at somebody else, Misery's like, "No, it's my fault. It was my fault." Like stuff like that. Very, very common. He can just take it, man. He's got thick skin. That's why I always respected him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on to other news. So this one's kind of weird. I don't want to get into detail for this first part because I don't know enough and I don't want to sound like an idiot. And I feel like I would have to really understand everything to be able to talk about it. But I'm going to just read something off of the CSGO 
Reddit, or it's actually technically with Valorant, but it's about CSGO. And then we'll transition into something else that's related as one topic. So this guy guy named Swag Fart Unicorn posts, there's a big dispute between the tier one player. Is this guy part of the InBruge tier by chance? (laughs) (laughs) There's a big dispute between the tier one players and the rest of the scene before CSGO. Basically, it started the with the players' union, which is the CSPPA, called a strike before a game the other day over the image and game com rights. There has been a lot of discussion since then over whether CSPPA is really a legitimate players' union, as they seem to protect only the interests of select few top players that considered in that are considered inside on the inside circle. It is a pretty complicated situation, and there's people from both sides, both talent orgs, tournament organizers, everybody except ESL versus players who. Are, they are supporting and the motives behind everything. So the TLDR is there's this players union that isn't really acting as a true union if those claims are correct mm-hmm. and are just and again, there's I read a lot of stuff on Twitter from both talent, bunch of pro players that are basically backing up this claim that this players union is just a farce that are only helping themselves make money or whatever the case may be and select a few others. Um so that is a very interesting topic that I don't think we want to talk about because neither of us are too well informed. Like this would be a good discussion for if we had like somebody from the CSGO scene as a guest, right. which is something I do want to do at some point. But this does transition, interestingly enough, to a slasher tweet, which I will read. This, of course, is somebody that we had on the podcast before. Yeah, not slasher's way. The other not slasher. The other slasher. Uh, by the way, I have to say he when he was on the podcast, I I want to say he had ninety thousand Twitter followers. Was this mm-hmm. this was less than a year ago, right? That we had him on. I think so. He now has four hundred and fourteen thousand Twitter. I don't. Did he have ninety k back then? I don't. It know. was not even remotely close to what it is now. Either way, he's like quadrupled. Anyway, this is his tweet. I've been watching Counter Strike for twenty years now since CPL and the OG NIP Dynasty. I played an unhealthy amount of CS and followed CSGO esports more than any other game in the last decade. Quake is my home, but I love CS. The number one problem for CS esports is Valve. Always Valve. Uh, I don't... We can go on to read the rest if we want, but I, I think he boils it down to Valve is kind of like... It's something that we've talked about, except he kind of takes it to the extreme with hands off, let... Mm-hmm. everybody else do their thing but essentially he's saying that the reason that this player union is able to take advantage is because valve doesn't enforce anything because they're allowed to do it it's the wild west essentially so i don't know i thought this would be an interesting discussion because now we have like even though this big patch is coming this week the past few months the dota community has felt kind of like the counter-strike community where where's valve this whole time do you have any thoughts on this Uh, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I feel like we've, we've kind of talked about it a decent amount with, at least from the tournament structure standpoint, but like you said, we don't really understand or we're not enough into CSGO to really, I don't really want to make a statement about the CS scene because I just don't follow it closely enough to really know that. I I think this will be maybe easier to talk about if I just continue reading the these three small okay. tweets that follow. So this is concerns in CSGO esports over cheating, match fixing, the CSPPA, ESIC, tournament organizers versus tournament organizers, talent treatment, etc. needs to be addressed. However, the industry bickering is missing the forest 
for the trees. Blame Valve's inaction and indifference. Valve's treatment of esports is shameful. Valve's internal company structure is and has always been intentionally entirely incompatible with esports. Valve has managed with CS and Dota, two of the top esports in the world and biggest games on Steam, to fail both communities simultaneously is truly impressive. Instead of fruitless fighting amongst yourselves over fucking voice comms, how about the players, coaches, team owners, leagues, casters, player union, ESIC, unify together for a worthy cause in the future of CS esports, making Valve give a shit because that's what actually matters. Very powerful words. And I think a lot of it does translate to Dota. I do believe that Counter-Strike is, if you want to, like the whole meme of Counter-Strike being like this neglected child does have some weight to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty obvious <laughs> that there's some weight to that. And Dota has felt like the, as much as people might disagree within the Dota scene, they're just in this own bubble that don't really pay attention to the esports. It has felt like they've cared a little bit, at least compared to, mm-hmm. to, to Counter-Strike. But I don't know. It's very I mean, interesting. What I, what I would focus on based on what he said is basically that <clears throat> it seems like the shared issue or the shared concern that people have is that I think the way Valve does things just gets amplified so much by Corona, right? Like the approach and the attitude they've had towards things has kind of worked fine, but I mean, depending on your perspective, right? You could also say it could have been way better. You could, you can always be like, oh, they could have done so much more and everything would have been so much better. And I like, I'm not here to to say exactly what we could have had and what should have been done or whatever. But fact of the matter is both games were overall, I'd say doing pretty well on a global scale compared to other esports. Both CSGO and Dota were very big. Um, but during Corona, that has definitely highlighted that other games' handling of that situation has just led to more fruitful scenes during these times and it just it makes things it just amplifies things right if you if your approach is let the scene handle itself well if the scene can't handle itself under these conditions then nothing will happen like then there's just nothing going on so like special situations can call for special measures right maybe you need to get more involved because the organizers just can't do it right now um so then if you want your game to be successful for that reason like whether it's for promotional purposes or because you love the game or because it has impacts on your future income with the game that the esports scene is healthy, then you need to get involved. But the question is, what's Valve's perspective here? Like, does, does it matter a lot to Valve that Dota and CSGO's pro scene is always going very well? It does to the community, obviously, the people that care about the esports scene, which who knows how big of a fraction of the scene that is. Like, how many people play CS just for fun and don't give a fuck about the pro teams versus people that play and give a fuck about the pro scene and people that only give a fuck about the pro scene, which in Dota is a lot more, I want to say, probably out of all esports in Dota, I think, or out of all esports, Dota probably has the biggest base that watches only. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, That's true. There's so many people that have quit the game, but still Didn't love used to watching be the case, pro Dota. Yeah, exactly. So... Like what la- what leads to what? Don't really know. Um, but I-, I do think what I agree with for sure is that I think Valve definitely could and should have done more. What exactly they should have done? I'm not gonna say. I'm so not an expert on this. I'm gonna but... I'm gonna disagree a little bit with it. the way that you're making it sound. Sounds like it's mostly COVID. 
that you're blaming, not blaming it on. No, but... okay, let me rephrase that because then maybe my point is missed. I think Valve in general could and should have approached these games in a different way and could have done more, but COVID amplifies and really highlights why or mm. how that matters. So the games have been doing all right, could have okay. done better, right. but because of COVID, now you're really seeing what those choices mean when the system cannot run itself, right? Yeah, that's that was so. Anyway. We've talked about this in different forms many times, but I'm going to put a little different spin on it. So I think if, like, we've talked about the extremes of Riot versus Valve, they're both on one end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And yeah. like, Riot's is, for all intents and purposes, more successful as an esport. Their games are more successful than than the counterparts. Like, we won't know for sure on the whole Valorant versus Counter Strike, but Valorant's doing fucking right. great right now. Like, it's still in its infancy, right? And Valve mm-hmm. has always just, you know, taken a backseat, which on some respect I can understand. It's like a capitalistic approach almost. Like, let the competition rise. But then, and occasionally they'll step in in certain scenarios, but, it, like, you never know when they're going to. For example, like, I mean, the Players Union for the Counter-Strike thing is a great thing to bring up because even though I don't mm-hmm. know the details, I don't know if Valve's going to step in on that. Like, G, G, is, is it GSIC? What, what? tournament was that that never paid anybody and that was an official G-E-S-C. dpc g-e-s-c like i ran captain's draft i literally spent money out of my own fucking i destroyed my bank account to pay the teams within the two-week period that i needed to meanwhile there's two fucking giant tournaments in that year that still haven't paid people valve hasn't stepped in that's unacceptable that's ridiculous and they should be held to that standard like there's certain times where it's like they obviously are going to step in right but then they don't like eh? what question mark then what the fuck is the yeah. point of this? So I think it's it's a hit or a miss. Sometimes they do great. Sometimes they just don't even show up for whatever reason. And I don't know what the formula is to even predict what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I would like that. I know people are going to hate this. I understand that people have a hatred for League, for Riot. They need to do stuff a little bit more. Like They need to be more transparent at the very least. Like I'm not saying you need to do a franchise league. You don't need to go to the extremes, whatever. You can keep mm-hmm. things kind of loosey-goosey as they are now. You need to be more transparent, man. Like, come on. Like, it's 2020. You can't get away with this shit anymore. It doesn't work. Like, you have two games. Like, I'm going to put it like this. I know Counter-Strike and Dota in their primes have been... CSGO is still really big. Dota mm-hmm. is big, but not as big as it used to be. Let's just put them at their primes. If you just... Even if you didn't go in the middle ground like I'm talking, even to do the opposite extreme of what Riot do, is doing, you would be dominating everybody. Like fucking dominating. Even if you went to the fucking extreme that Riot is, which you don't have to. But they're just doing, it feels like to me, the bare minimum. Which, I don't know. It is, the way that he wrote that is really interesting though because it kind of, I wouldn't say it opened my eyes because I knew this was a thing for a long time. But, I think he put it uh, that their line of thinking is not compatible with esports. That is a really interesting way to put it, because on some level that's definitely true, right? Because it feels yeah, like the games kind of exist on their own in some respect. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like that's also an extreme statement because I think fundamentally games, like, it, it's like how to say it's like disregarding the last nine years of dota 2 history to say that 
because Valve's company policy about it hasn't really changed very much. But the game has had big tournaments. It's had big events. It's had big crowds. Again, I think the scene could have had more. Things could have been better. But the way he's making it sound is just that Valve has run this game into the ground and it's been shit because of their policies the whole time. As like, I feel like that's an exaggeration. Like, yeah, exaggeration. right now things are obviously looking extra bad because of Corona. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Everything is looking worse. But like, how how do I put this into into perspective? You're uh, saying there's there is an underlying issue, but it's more highlighted because of Corona. Yes, not but not only that, it's also like the way he's making it sound is that if Valve's company policy is incompatible with having an eSport, then how did they have one for 10 years? Like, well, it's it's, it's an just, exaggeration it's just, for sure. Right, but that's 100%. But that, that's what I mean. Like his the statement itself, I don't I don't disagree with that Valve's policy probably makes it harder especially in situations like this. But there's also at the same time something admirable about this idea of we want the ecosystem to run in an organic way instead of being super hands-on and artificially Mm -hmm. controlling or running things when the people who are passionate about this game it's kind of like you give them a toolbox right valve gives the game this is a toolbox you guys try to turn it into something profitable or make events that you think is cool so first of all we don't have to do all the work but secondly we don't have to stifle your freedom like i think it's a very admirable way of thinking about it it's just that that model doesn't always work and it doesn't necessarily work in the fully free version. And that's what you're saying is that maybe Valve can be a little bit more involved without taking control, right? Mm-hmm. I think if they went the on this Riot scale route, where Valve is here and Riot is here, we probably need to get like here, right? And so then, then I how think did I good. how did I become a personality on the scene? Let's talk about like how I actually became somebody that is able to make a living off of Dota. I made spotlight videos on heroes. Mm-hmm. literally would not be able to do that if they did the riot route. I'm not saying yeah. they should have done that. I know that maybe it sounded that way, but like I'm saying if they had done that, it would have been the bigger scene overall if they really wanted to. But I like their approach overall. It's just, again, last time I'm going to say it for one week until the next podcast, or two <laughs> days, I guess, in this case, they are a one on the spectrum of like activity and just letting people do their thing. 1.5, let's say. Riot is like mm-hmm. a 9.5. They just need to get to like a fucking three or something. Like, is really that much <laughs> to get it just up a little bit? Like, the mm-hmm. fact that, uh, like, I'm every time I read these patch notes of like Riot coming out with like Valorant patch notes, it's, it's as transparent, even with things that people hate, which the cosmetics, like, there's so many things that are fucked up. They're honest about it, they explain everything in detail. And then sometimes Valve will do that. Right, like even for artifact, they came out with these blog yeah. posts explaining like what their design choices are, all this stuff. Like that's fucking awesome. But then they stopped doing I'm trying, it. I'm trying know. to I'm trying to place Dota in the cycle that Valorant is in right now. How old is the game? Uh, not even a year. It's like six okay. months, let's say. Eight so months. think back to when Dota two was less than a year old. How often we had patches and how often things were happening. I think the game was thriving because mm-hmm. yeah, Valve was very actively creating. Like they were porting over heroes still because the game wasn't released with all the heroes in the start. So there were every year there were many heroes coming out. There were new items. There was new content. There were custom maps, custom modes, all of this stuff. Like, do you feel like Valve did a bad job in 2011 to 2013 when the game was new? I think they did a pretty good job. I don't know. Right. Like, am I the only one that feels that way? They like who they, knows okay. what Valorant does in 10 years, right? <laughs> right. 
the question is, is League doing great right now in how much content they put out, how they update their game, how their client, how their tournaments, blah, blah, blah. Because Valorant is in the honeymoon phase or whatever you want to call it. It's mm-hmm. the new child that they're very passionate about. They're really trying to make a splash. So I feel like comparing Dota to League is a way more accurate comparison than Valorant. It's a No, I, I agree. It's just I don't know anything about League, which is why I can't make those, tra- uh, right. those okay. comparisons. But one thing I will say is <clears throat> Dota was in beta. Valorant's not in beta. Right, so it actually is a little bit different. Like Valorant yeah, is much more polished than Yeah, but it was in beta by was. definition, right? Like Dota no. was in beta for like four years. Yeah, but a good portion of we that was actually. We had three world championships on a beta. Like, really? Would you say that? Like, I'm talking about the first year. There's a that was, like, I remember the first like four months. The net net code was so fucking bad. I had to make a video on how atrocious it was versus Han because I wouldn't switch over yet because it was unplayable for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So it, I don't think it's the... Per- I, I know what you're saying, and I, I agree for the most part. Yeah, don't know. Uh, but yeah, we'll see if... Uh, <laughs> we'll see if anything changes. Uh, uh, probably not. I, so I'm just hoping, like, we see these glimpses of Valve, like, being very transparent with, like, like I said, the artifact update and people occasionally posting on Reddit or whatever. And it's like, just... Can't you just get somebody to consistently do this? Like, it makes everybody feel better. Like you can still have the mm-hmm. same company policies and everything. I don't. I I, I just don't get it. Okay, next topic. Uh, another game awards occurred, Cinderin. Um, I'm not sure what the difference is from the other one, but we can highlight some of the. I have zero insight on any of this, but we can just go over very important awards that were given out. Game of the year was The Last of Us Part Two. I'm gonna be scrolling down on this very long page of nominations. Um, best mobile game was Among Us. Oh, there was one you that was on very. Mobile? What's that? I guess you I didn't know that either. Mobile. Yeah, mm-hmm. best. Co- I want to bring this up because it's perfect with the conversation we just had about Valve. Best community support, Fall Guys. That's an interesting award. I like that. That's very cool. Um, best action game was Hades. I heard a lot about this game. Oh, I need to play that game, actually. Yeah, apparently everybody needs to play this game. It won a shit ton of awards. It's made uh, best by the RPG. same developer that made Bastion, I think. Yeah, actually, I think it won right. best game overall. I, it might have. It looks similar, like, style-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, best multiplayer game was also Among Us, which is, again, like, this game came out two years ago. That's the hilarious part. Valorant was yeah. nominated for that one, by the way, along with Fall Guys. Content creator of the year was Valkyrie. Maybe that's very fitting with the new hero coming out. <laughs> Best debut game. So I have like I like how they have all these categories to make sure that they cover their bases with like newer games coming out or games that become mm-hmm. popular like Among Us. Phasmophobia, which I've played. Very cool um, concept behind that game. Best esports athlete was Showmaker from League of Legends. And there's nobody from Dota on the nomination list. And best esports event was League of Legends World Championship. Obviously, because of Corona, we haven't had anything of note. That would be like a DPC, at least, for this year. Best esports game was League of Legends. Valorant was nominated as well as Fortnite, CSGO, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Best esports host was... I don't know how to say her name. Do you know how to say her name? Shocks. Shocks. 
So yep. she was also nominated with Golden Boy, Machine, Dash, and our very own Sheever. Best esports team was G2 for League of Legends. So Team Secret did not end up taking that one, Cinderin. And Take that's it. So what I find really interesting is we talked about this other award show. I don't even remember what it was called, the other one we talked about, where Secret <laughs> won like three times and Dota won some things or whatever. Like, look at the contrast. This, <laughs> I think yeah. in total, I scrolled through this page. I think there's been two things Dota has been nominated for. One is Team Secret as Team of the Year, and the other one is Shiva as host. There, apart from that, the game doesn't even exist in this list. Would you disagree with that, though, <laughs> based on the categories? I mean, I don't know if if you would. Then what was what were the categories in the other awards? If you feel like that's fine, like how did what, what were know. the things? Best player of the year, secret one, in that they won best team. Uh, so, is their coach listed? He's not right. So best coach, they're also not considering Heen. Right. Uh, he I wasn't even listed that. here. Yeah, which was won by coach. Sonic, which I think is fully deserved. But that's another story. The coach of Astralis, I think they've been incredible. But mm -hmm. like. You know, like it's always the thing with these award shows. It's a show. Uh, some games get more attention than others based on uh, whatever that could be, like whether it's bias, whether it's what's hot right now. Uh, and it's not fully disclosed what the what parameters you win on, right? What makes you the best multiplayer game? Why is Among Us the best multiplayer game? Is it because it made the biggest improvement in terms of how many people play it? Is it because they feel like it has amazing elements that makes it a good game? Like, what is it? Well, to that, me, it's that's, like best yeah. mobile game or, yeah, you know. So if there was a, this is what makes, in my opinion, awards award shows fun. So I'm just going to relate this to like the Oscars. There's no real criteria, right? There's like some baseline right. stuff that you need to, that are requirements for you to be able to be nominated or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, whatever, whatever people like, whatever the people that are voting for like, which I think is fine. You know, it's not a perfect science. There, maybe somebody deserved it that got it. Maybe not. But that's mm -hmm. kind of what makes it fun, in my opinion. Half-Life Alex won Best VR, by the way. Just wanted to mention that because we've talked about that game before. Yep. You still haven't played it much, right? I played 20, 30 minutes, and I get uh, nauseous. So Has Nikki played it? Uh, no, but she gets more nauseous than me in those oh, wow. situations. So, so she puts on the headset, and then before she boots up the game, she's just... <laughs> falling over well no she didn't even bother she's not interested in it uh -huh. so i don't know for sure but she gets fucking car sick for god's sake how is that possible to get car sick but that's yeah. weird she gets car sick but she doesn't get sick on roller coasters but i don't get car sick but i get sick on roller coasters what's the deal cinderin hmm what's the deal well the uh, thing I'll actually tell you about that from experience because I used to get car sick a lot and I still can. So I will get car sick if I'm in a car and I'm looking at my phone for an extended period of time, I'll get uncomfortable. But what makes me car sick is if I am not, if my brain can't process the direction of the movement, I think that's what it is, right? It's about whether you feel like there's a connection between how you're moving and what you're perceiving. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're looking at your phone and the movement is very different from on your phone. There's like this disconnect where the brain can't deal with, oh, wow, this is the movement on the phone. This is the movement my body's making. That doesn't make sense. But if you're on a roller coaster, you're probably not on your phone. Okay. Like <laughs> then you're looking at where you're going and when. I don't get sick on roller coasters either. I have the exact same thing as wow, she does. Wow. That's interesting. So I love roller coasters. I think it's super exciting. But yeah, I can get car sick. So I, I really just think it's about whether you're paying attention to the direction of movement or not. Um, 
So I can relate to that at least. Today I learned. Thank you, Sindarin. Really appreciate that. Okay. Next thing on the list, another game that was not considered for game of the year because it just came out. Cyberpunk. We've been talking about this for so long. It finally was released. Very mixed feelings from, again, I, I'm not going to play this game. It doesn't interest me on any level, but very mixed feelings from everyone all around. It feels like the consensus is, for the most part, it's a very good game that is just riddled with bugs, like riddled to the point where it's become fairly obvious that the publishers or whoever's in charge rushed the game out for the holidays and we'll just patch the rest as time goes on, which is exactly what they're doing. Right. To the point where they've had to apologize officially, uh, specifically for the Xbox One and PS4 edition, which apparently are just fucking awful. <laughs> I haven't seen the screenshots, but I heard they just look atrocious. Uh, it's very poorly optimized, else. right? That's the primary issue. But, from what yeah. I understood. So, I mean, it's one of those games that it sounds like in a couple months, two, three months, it'll be patched with all the garbage bugs that are in there right now if you can avoid spoilers or whatever and it's probably gonna be really really good but i mean i know how you feel about games being pushed out too early but this is an obvious mm -hmm. like holiday push like blatant in my opinion yeah i don't i don't know the economy behind stuff like this like how important q4 is if december is so important that you have to push the game then instead of waiting until say april and having your game be truly finished and optimized. Mm. Um, the companies are the ones with the data on this. Like maybe if you want to be like super cynical about it, maybe this is worth it. You know, maybe it's worth it. And that's why they do it. Uh, maybe they don't know whether it's worth it. And it's the fear of missing out that makes you release the game. You're like, you know, from a company level, you're like, okay, we're, man, if we don't release it in December, we're losing out on so many sales. And maybe they just know for sure. Like if we don't put this in December, but make it in April, we're going to lose X percent of sales because it's not December. Um, right. Whatever it is, like, it's a shitty situation that the game isn't finished. I'm personally not really invested in this game, so I don't care too much uh, on a personal level. But again, it's kind of a symptom of what we've been talking about with game releases, so I can't say I'm surprised. Um, but yeah, considering how extremely hyped the community was, the community also built this game up to maybe unreasonable levels. <laughs> True. If you think about it from that perspective, they were uber hyping this by the way are, are you allowed months. to i mean apparently you are i wasn't aware of this to stream nudity if it's video game nudity that's allowed on i think Twitch? so i think you just i see a lot of floppy penises a lot of boobs like everything's yeah. hanging out it's a cyber dick it's not a real one um i, I think yeah can I you think make so, him uncircumcised as... and circumcised can you switch between <laughs> yes the two? i think so I think really, you've looked into this. Interesting. I've been told. And yeah, have I'm you, not just saying that as I've been told. I actually have been told. Have you looked uh, into this for yourself in real life? No, by I have not. Okay, just oh, oh, also not. No. Uh, I still don't know what I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're half circumcised? Is that what you're saying? I got half of it? Okay. Uh, last but not least, uh, briefly talk about how there's a COVID vaccine coming out i believe it's actually uh <laughs> what's so funny about that it's the most amazing transition i mean i feel like we should mention like it. it's the most natural next topic all right next topic cyberpunk <laughs> was overhyped covid vaccine um, coming out <laughs> cyberpunk was so fucking bad you guys need a vaccine to be able to handle all those floppy penises that are all circumcised but um yeah 
COVID-19 vaccine being released. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how they're distributing it. I'm just hoping I've heard rumors that it's going to be distributed first to like Paul. This is for the U.S., by the way. I don't know about the other countries mm. being distributed to like politicians first, which makes me sick to my fucking stomach. What? Uh, I, I don't know if it's true. Like, I haven't looked into this too deeply, but uh, the vaccine is coming out in waves. Hopefully people that are on the front lines, like the healthcare workers, are first to be able to get it. And Good. people that are immunocompromised, like those two groups are by far, yeah. and elderly, obviously, those three by far the most important. Um, so I, I don't know if this is a good topic to talk about. Uh, I mean, but we I, can... I, well, you haven't heard what I was going to say, Sindarin. Oh, okay. how comfortable. Okay. I'm going to say this. I am disgusted and appalled by anti-vaxxers. Okay. I'm, okay. it's not, I feel like this is not even controversial. They're stupid idiots. They don't, they're, they're stupid idiots. How comfortable would you be taking a vaccine that's been rushed out like this? Because I'm not saying I wouldn't. I might wait a few weeks, I feel like, especially considering other people need it more than me if I had the choice to have it right away. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel entirely safe taking it immediately. I don't know why. Is it rushed out? I don't know. It feels like like these companies are making a lot of money probably on it, right? Like yeah. They're rushing it out from... Well, again, I... Go ahead. From what I understand in the medical world, uh, any drug that gets released needs to undergo serious testing. I don't think right. they're... Have they cut corners with this? Doesn't it need to pass like four levels of testing or something? And if it passes all four, then it gets to be prescribed. I think yeah, the, it's something like that. The FDA so, yeah, approved like it. Maybe in terms of how long it took, then it's rushed. Like It's rushed to get it through all the steps, but it got mm -hmm. through all the steps, right? Like Other drugs will maybe take years to get all their testing done, but this is like a global pandemic, so you kind of need to put in all the effort and resources to get it tested as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, though, there's companies that have a stake in this, right? Where if they get the primary vaccine or get one of the primary ones, then obviously it's huge for them. But they're still, from what I understand, completely at the mercy of the testing. And then it's about the integrity of that. Like, do it's a problem if the people doing the testing and approval of these have a stake in the company that wins, right? That's a huge conflict of interest. I know there's two but... big companies distributing in the U.S., I'm pretty sure. So one cool thing I did hear is that Canada has like over uh, purchased, if you will, and they're going to be giving, mm -hmm. well, not only are they going to give all their citizens the free vaccine, which is awesome, the extra they're going to give away to other countries that need them, impoverished, mm -hmm. impoverished countries, such as the United States. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, you could use some extra ones. I think there's a big, pretty big parallel between how it's getting rolled out in most countries. So in Denmark... From what I understand, the first round that is expected to roll out early January uh, will go to healthcare workers first, and then it's uh, the people with chronic diseases, elderly, um, and then I think, I don't know this for sure, but I would just imagine they just go down the age ladder, probably. Like, you could maybe go by decade, right? So elderly first, then 50 to 60, 40 to 50, 30 to 40. Yeah, I think that'd be 20 nice. to 30, something like that. Like, just roll it out based on age. It's probably the easiest and fairest way to do it well, outside you, of. You mentioned immunocompromised risks. before that? Yeah, I said chronically with chronic diseases. Right. That's the same thing, right? Yeah, no. immunocompromised maybe before chronic diseases if you want right. to separate the two. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's not what's going to happen. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just, again, this is where I like to speak my mind. It, it's not logical what I'm thinking. It's just 
I know a lot of people are feeling the same. Um, but the, the thing is, it's more prevalent in the States. I think that's the problem with the whole anti-vax movement. I think it's way bigger for you than it is for us. There's probably a, a decent chunk of anti-vaxxers in every country by now, as is always the case, especially now with the Internet having such a such a big impact on how people think and make up their own minds and stuff. Uh, any ideas will spread globally, not just in one country. So if you have a problem with one type of thought or one type of people or whatever in your country, they exist in every other country. It's fair to assume that. Like, there's a minority of Nazism in every country. Uh, there's a minority of anti-vaccine in every country, but it's there. Um, I think the amount of attention and the amount of power it holds is bigger in the States, though than in Denmark. I would be very certain about that. There's more, I feel like Denmark has a more inherent trust in authorities uh, and in um, in the state than Americans do. It's like a, that's just my feel when I hear about well, it, is that, that Americans trust like, government less. We trust government more than you do. That's, that's true. Just it. It, I don't even know if it's about government necessarily. It's just, I feel like with all the shit that's been happening in the country specifically, it's just, I feel... <laughs> To, I don't know. I just have a... What's the right word for it? Very skeptical of everything, I suppose. But mm. Anywho. I think healthy skepticism is great, though. You know me. That's, I do. That's good. I do know you. It's okay. always good to be... Let's wrap skeptical. this up with a quick Patreon question from... Is this Ravi? I can barely read from this Ravi, yeah. contrast. Ravi, he says, or he asks, What is the most comfiest piece of clothing you own? Do you have a story behind it? Very interesting question, which I'm going to kind of answer. Do you have anything, or do you want me to go first? You go first. Let me think, actually. Okay, so this one is, it's a, for a normal person, this would be really embarrassing. It's not clothing, so I'm going to cheat a little bit, because I don't, I mean, I wear yeah. pajama pants, whatever. So, I once got this blank, a comforter. Do you know what a comforter is? Is that? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I once got a comforter when I was four years old. It is white with like little checker things on it and it has a bunch of garfields different garfields on it oh garfield i am 35 years old and i still use it to this day why is that embarrassing that's just a cool story well i think a normal person would actually feel embarrassed about that but i fucking no. love my garfield comfort it's my blankie i'm a 35 yeah. year old with a blankie and nothing it, wrong with that it's not even particularly warm i just like so when I used to live with my mom, my parents back in the day, like they would, my mom is just obsessed with like cleaning, very OCD. And she would occasionally get rid of my comforter, put it away and replace it with something else. I fucking always hated whatever she gave me. It doesn't matter what it was. They spend probably hundreds of dollars over the course of however many years to try and find new comfort. Like, no, I want my Garfield comforter, damn it. I can't sleep without it, Cinderin. What about you? Yeah, so here's my classic boring answer. Uh, <laughs> God, dude, I love it. Imagine, imagine my wardrobe, okay? Think of how I am as a person. Now you need to imagine my wardrobe. Everything's gray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to cough out as well, but I'm going to say an actual piece of clothing, but this is not one I own. It's technically Susie's, but I really like it as well. Uh, she has these like really fluffy socks. So it's not like normal socks, but they're like, it's not socks you would wear in shoes, okay? I don't know how you, what would you, what, do you know what I mean? What would you call that? Like really big socks. The thick socks? Yeah, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, but the comfy socks. They, they're not like tight fit. They're like loose around you. They're just like that big. And mm -hmm. 
they're very soft. They're very nice. But myself, like, what do I even have? Like, I have comfortable pants, but what a fucking boring answer. Uh, I guess if I had to choose my own pieces of clothing, it would probably actually be one of those sweaters that I got. <laughs> oh, where'd you get that sweater, uh, Cinderin? Yeah. You always want to tell I me. I got it at We Play Bukovel. I've not oh, told you before. Wow. Yeah, I did not sweaters, know that. Those sweaters are very comfy, too. So but for those that didn't watch our cast. have in the household, it would be the socks. For those the that didn't watch our cast, Cinderin, at the end of every fucking day, I, well, I'll, I'll admit, I compliment your sweater every day, and then you almost say, oh, I got this from WePlay, but you're on Epicenter. You're, you're on Epically, well, so you can't partners, say that. Well, they're partners, right? Aren't well, they... for the one tournament, not this one. Right, okay. So technically, there's a competition for yeah. this one. I, I don't think they would. I really like your sweater, Cinderin. Keep it up, Thank buddy. You. Got it from WePlay. Okay, so remember uh, Thursday or Friday, depending on the time zone and when the actual patch comes out, we will be doing... So essentially what's going to happen is the patch will come out and I will have to do some work for Dota Cinema, at least a hero spotlight, if not more. And if there's time and Cinderin is up and it came out early enough, we will record the episode live in like my early afternoon or whatever the time is. Otherwise, it'll just be at the same time that we usually record our podcast which would technically be friday morning 2 30 yes. pst or 1 30 pst uh so yeah okay cinderin so uh have you seen in bruges no okay until two days from now friends have a great one until next time goodbye we say things that don't mean anything but thanks for listening